Yeah, you're listening to, you're listening to Punko's Pod. And I can guarantee that all of you have been putting up with my shit for way too long. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Go series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. Well done, that came off very smoothly. Thank you. Thank you, it's taken long enough. Yeah, look. It, it would eventually happen. Yeah, you'd hope so. And it was probably an accident. Next week it would probably be like, uh, uh, punk, pod punk, punk, punk. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we all have our moments. I had to momentarily pause the recording before I started because our cat, who we've had for four years as of today, yes, um, he got in the sort of hunched position like he might just start spewing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, but then he like did a barrel roll. And is now just licking his paw. As as you do. Yeah. As we call it, licking the beans. Yes. He's got black beans for fingers. I love him. Me too. Happy four years. Yes. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Happy four years to you too. I love you both. I love him. To I know I just said that. So this week's song is Runaway mm-hmm. by Kanye. That's West, not East, as covered by Silverstein for Punk Goes Pop. Is it two? For, well, uh, four. I thought that was a bit, so I'm like, it's literally just right now. Yeah, right. but I didn't have my phone open. <laughs> <laughs> I was going in, I was going in blind. Right. Fuck it, we'll go live. Pop four. Pop four. Yeah. So how, how, how are you? I am well. I didn't, uh, didn't mean to repeat that three times, but how are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, I think the highlight of my day was seeing friend of the pod Helen and going for a walk. Um, the low point of my day was testing my sunglasses because I have two pairs of sunglasses and forgot to get rid of the pair that I don't need. And one of the pairs, well, the most recent pair is polarized and the other pair is not. And I cannot tell which is which. So that's a polarizing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I might as well have just like done a full Donald Trump and just stared up at the sun while I was testing the two, but um that's fine. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Speaking of America, hey America, guess what we've got in our freezer? Mm. Vianetta. Yes. We can have it whenever we want. We can. <laughs> How are you? I, I I'm done with teasing America. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine. I guess my highlight was watching Friday the 13th Part 5. Yeah. A, a New Beginning. Yeah. Um, I'm watching all of them for all of the Friday the 13th for October, spooky month. Spooky season. Um, It was not a very good movie. No? I'll tell you that. It went for, well, it was like 96 minutes mm-hmm. and... 21 people were killed in it so it was like basically there's no room for story. Yeah. And when when you when you when you expect it to go to an interesting point which is they bring back the the male character from the previous film and he's kind of tormented by not just the memory of Jason but like gripping with the reality of oh fuck I killed a person. Ah. But like it's like momentarily and then it's just gone. It's the, like the the storyline of that is just Banished. What it's does like, he get killed or something? No, no, he get, he makes it to the end. Ah, uh, he sort of becomes like a, a recurring character throughout like the next couple of films. Right. Initially played by a young Corey Feldman. Okay. And and then yeah, it just it, it was just like oh, that's the most interesting thing that happens, and it's literally like five seconds of the movie is he's like coming to terms with it, and then then like the rest of the movie is just crap. Yeah, I could hear like an extremely loud sex scene during it. Yeah, yeah, there was a sex scene. So, um, which was funny. The actress who uh, was the female recipient in that sex scene, uh, her last name was Voorhees, which is, you know, oh, killer yeah. of the movie Jason Voorhees' <laughs> last name. So basically I think she got the role because her her actual last name yeah. is Voorhees. <laughs> Nepotism at its worst. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I did today. Excellent. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. 
Oh, okay. Oh, look, it's fine. Like if you if you got get in the kick in the pants. Yeah, yeah. If unless you're doing the kicking, in which case that could be kind of fun. Um, what? I look if you got some friends and you're watching some crappy horror films, then sure, put this on. I would just say that. Okay. But this has been Sam's movie corner. Yeah. Do it to it. <laughs> now I'm starting to look. Now I'm starting yeah. to look. The cool is coming off. So let's okay. let's get into Runaway. So, Runaway feels like a bit of a running theme. See what I did there? Ha-ha. Um, because we covered Kanye on episode 95, I think it was, which I've completely forgotten about. So Heartless. Yeah. So, yeah. that um, that gives you a frightening insight into my uh, memory recall. So, um, if you want some Kanye details, uh, go three months back. Yeah. That's pod. when we were at our Kanye best. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to skip the Kanye details this week uh, and we'll just jump into the song, which was the second single from Kanye's 2010 album entitled My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Uh, The song was written and produced by West and it features Pusha T doing a guest verse and it expresses Kanye's thoughts on failed relationships and his acceptance of the media's perception of him. Lyrically, the song explores criticism aimed at West in the past and serves as, quote, a toast to the douchebags. It feels like it either could be a very um, self-referential, um, very honest and eye-opening uh, take on yourself, mm. or it could just be him going, why is the media bullying on me? And you kind of... He does say, look, people, um, oh, you've been putting up with my bullshit You've been putting up with my shit. You've been putting up with my shit. So maybe it is him looking at himself going, hey, maybe I'm not the easiest person to be around. But I could, it's like, you just kind of don't know with Kanye. Mm. Because he could also just be like, oh, oh, the media's piling on me. It's sort of like that meme of Bart, how it's like my two moods. And one of them is like him with the saucepan, like, I am so yeah. great. And then the other, he's just like curled up looking really sad and yeah. scared. <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing a, uh, someone just did like, it was just basically that, the I am so great meme, but it was like just titled Kanye West on, <laughs> a, on any given day. <laughs> yeah. Look, it would be very, um, freeing to have that level of self-confidence. Oh yeah. Um, but I guess we could sort of pick up themes and stuff a bit further in if yeah. we just want to cover the rest. So the original artwork for the single is a photograph by contemporary visual artist George Kondo, mm-hmm. and the picture was of a ballerina. Which makes sense. Uh, in 2010, West pretty much fled the controversy that he created when he interrupted Taylor Swift's acceptance speech at the MTV Video Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Which we have covered on the pod. Yeah, which like from like week two, I think, yeah. when we did our first Taylor Swift song. Uh, it was during this exile that he recorded My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, flying in guest musicians to record their parts. I had to really read that because for a second there, I thought I did a Q instead of a G. So I was like, Quest musicians. <laughs> I mean, Kanye Quest. yes. Like, yeah, on a Kanye quest uh, to search. Take the Kanye test. West was so impressed with Pusha T's performance on Runaway that he signed him to his own personal label. A couple of things. 
Uh, yes. I, I doubt that it's like he was living in a bunker, sheltered away, like no. trying to. Like, it's not like it's not like Nazis fleeing to Argentina after the Second World War. No, it was. I, I imagine it was just basically like he was getting a lot of shit, and he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go on a holiday in Hawaii and record an album." It does feel like the media, the press, the commentary around this, unless like he said this himself that he ran away from the whole Taylor Swift thing. It feels like the media is putting a lot of emphasis on the Taylor Swift element of it. Mm. Like, yeah, I guess that's one of the things I find interesting at this stage of, like, thinking about the whole Taylor-Kanye thing is, like, just the sheer overcorrection of, like, she fucking got him! (laughs) Yeah. Like... Yeah, they both of them sort of had different roles to play in the whole thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh and sorry, I did say multiple things. There is also a video game called Kanye Quest. Kanye Quest 3030. <laughs> and it's so it's a PC game released in 2013. And there's rumors that it's like that there's like secret propaganda for a cult as well. What? Yeah. That's weird. I'm not going to get too in depth in it, but it's just like it's like a it's a, it's a it's like a JRPG of uh, like you play as Kanye West who goes to the future and like you have to fight all of these other rappers who have become like gods essentially. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. It, I'd have to do way more research into the cult thing, but I remember watching a video about it, being like, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> Like, did Kanye have any sort of nah. input? Nah. Okay. It was made by, like, one person on RPG Maker. Right, okay. Interesting. Which is, like, RPG Maker is where, like, games like Undertale and that sort of thing have been made. Yeah. By, like, one person. Uh, right. So, we stated that the song was n- was not... West oh, stated. West. We didn't. West stated <laughs> that the song was not an apology to Swift. On his Twitter, he said he had written her a... Quote, beautiful song, noting, quote, if she won't take it, I'll perform it for her. Okay. Which is a bit, bit weird. Again, it's sort of like, yeah, I didn't actually read it, but like, apparently he wrote like a very lengthy apology to Taylor on Twitter and then later redacted it or like took it back. Taylor wrote the song Innocent about the whole thing, which is very patronizing, like in hindsight, like sort of like... It's okay, like, you made mistakes, but you're still innocent. It's, and it's just like, buddy, like, he's an adult. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Like, yeah. you don't need to sort of play, like... Not not a single person except for Kanye wanted him to get up and say those things. You look at even Beyonce, it's just like, when it cuts to her, it's like, she's just sort of like, she's kind of like, oh my god, like... Yeah. I'm fucking humiliated right now, and, <laughs> and, and I didn't even... I just came here and maybe I was going to win an award. I don't care about the fucking VMAs. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, it's interesting. Like, I can see sort of elements of this song being about apologising on a grand scale for, like, shenanigans, but it does feel like that VMA's moment is going to be chasing Kanye for quite a long time. Oh, probably his whole career. When it doesn't necessarily have to. Like, Taylor's doing just fine these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't, uh, she's not hurting in saying right. that, like, it was a very shit move. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, especially now that, like, the whole, like, the other side of the, that phone call that mm. Kanye, like, now that all that's come out, like, it's sort of, that's the end of the conversation. Mm. Like, we've got all the dirt we need on it. Just let both parties do their thing. And look, his fan base are not shaken. Nah. His fan base are not shaken from, let's just say it, the MAGA shit. Yeah, his, yeah. His, his fan base is still fine. He has, like, three subreddits dedicated to yeah. him. Like, it's not shook. <laughs> and he's not like, yeah, he's had plenty of shit takes on plenty of things since then. So, it, at this point, it's just kind of part of the spectacle of being Kanye, do, I think. Do you remember the time, I think it was like 2015, he did it again to like, he did the same thing 
to Beck. Like <laughs> he walked up on stage, then did the Mm-mm, and then walked off again. And Beck's kind of going, "No, come on, come up here and say, <laughs> come up here and say what you were going to say. Come on." And like, and he just he doesn't. He doesn't get back on stage. It's like I'm picturing like the alternative timeline where he did start shit and then Beck just like sicked Scientology on him. Yeah, that might have been. I think he might have still been a Scientologist yeah. at that point. He might have. He would have had friends in high places at that point. He might have. He might have walked up there and went, oh, fuck, yes, yeah, I told nah. Nah, <laughs> yeah. no. No. No, don't want none of that heat. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the song reached number 46 on the ARIA charts, mm-hmm. 13 in Canada, 11 in the UK, and 12 in the US. Cool. So it did all right, yeah. Yeah. did better than any song I've ever written and recorded. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so what do you think of Runaway by Kanye West? That... The start is agonizing because I keep waiting for that key change. Dun, yeah. Like when you, when you actually listen to the full, what is it? Nearly nine minute long yeah. version of the song. And it's just like that key change is coming. It's coming and it never does until it does. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I can breathe now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is like we've, we've ragged on him, but like he really is terrific at what he does like when he's focused on just putting out good music he really nails it yeah like this is a great song yeah like it's and it's just i don't even know (laughs) what do you think about it well yeah like it um i remember like as soon as i heard it i was like yep sold like love it yeah and kanye's one of these ones where i've never really immersed myself in his work purely because there's so much of like the cult of personality that you have to like wade through Mm. to really engage i guess like but then again like on the flip side that isn't true because i can just listen to it and then just yeah put it aside so like over the last couple of days i've been listening to like i listened to graduation i listened to uh yeezus again which i listened to a lot back in the day i listened to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy for the first time in full, um, like, and yeah, he's, he's a fucking good musician. Like yeah. he's incredible as a musician and as an artist in terms of just having a really broad vision for himself and what he wants to do. It's just, he also is in a very vulnerable place mm. at the moment and has been at various points in his career and, it sort of undermines a lot of his work, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like, sometimes it is like a lot of people who are willing to sort of put their head in the sand will just say, oh, just separate the artist from the art. And it's like, yeah, but he kind of makes his really personal. Yeah. As well. Like all of it is about what's going on with him. Mm. Um, and like, this is someone who, you know, compares himself to Walt Disney and Steve Jobs in the same breath. Like we know, we know what he thinks of himself and, and a lot of the time you do see those moments where it's like, oh yeah, he really, he really does back it up Yeah, with his music. Um, I, uh, I think, cause I only listened to this in the, when I, you know, on re-listens and everything like I only listened to the nine minute version of this and like it is long though, like (laughs) in its entirety. And I think the, the idea though is that it's not supposed to be listened to by itself. It's supposed to be listened to in the whole package, which is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. And also within the package of runaway, the film. Yeah. But I mean like, like the song itself is not supposed to just be listened to as an isolated experience. I feel like the, the end is kind of like, it's cool for like a minute, but it's like a a song length ending. Like it goes for over three minutes. They're just the, I think the Vakoda. Yeah. I think that's part of the whole thing though. It's like, even if it's not intended to be listened to within the context of the album, I think the idea is it's supposed to be sort of immersive and contemplative. Like, This isn't a song that he wants to just sort of run through for three, four minutes and then fuck it off. Like, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse, he's really sitting in the sentiment of the song and sort of oscillating between, like, I am so great and 
Maybe I'm, I'm a, maybe I'm a douchebag. Yeah, like the fact, like it's got like gorgeous, like the piano at the start, and yeah. like, yeah, very interesting, like intro, like the sampling Rick James, like, and then like the first verse is like she find pictures in my email. I sent this bitch a picture of my dick. Yeah, it's like you really put me offside here, but yeah. the music is so gorgeous. Yep. That, okay, I'm going to hear you out. And then you do sort of, like, he very much is sort of, it feels like he hasn't quite landed on which side of the fence he's on in terms of, I fucked up versus, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, the choruses, it's very much like sort of that wounded sort of sad boy kind of thing of like, oh, like, stay away from me or like, you'll just get hurt kind of thing. Yeah. But then, like, there is so much bravado in the verses. And especially when Pusha T comes in, like, it's just various, like, it's dropping names like Versace and, like, Rolex, all this kind of stuff. Mm. Like, it's just, it's a very interesting experience listening to those two sides. And, like, he's sort of, he's at odds with both of them throughout, yeah. I guess. And I guess that's, that's, you know, if you are having an honest look at yourself, like it's not going to just be done. Yeah. Really quickly. Uh, quick question. What do you think of his singing voice when he's not rapping, when he's actually singing? I think it does the job. I don't yeah. think he's incredible though. No. No, he, he's all right. But he's not setting himself up to be either. Sure, he probably thinks he's a. Oh, he probably does, but also. And look, this doesn't affect him at all. He's a multi-millionaire. Like... Well, that's like the flip. Like I'm sort of picturing an alternative reality where he hypes his singing so much that he releases a full album of singing. I'm gonna make this challenge, Kanye. You can't do a metal album. This is reverse psychology, because I would be really interested to. Because I know that he, I know that he likes metal. Okay. Yeah. And like, I know that he, um, like I've seen him in things like Megadeth shirts before. He can, he can still do the Christian stuff and make it metal. Like, True. cause, cause Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, like became born again during their time, time and the music sucks, but like he still manages to be able to do it. So Kanye, you can't do a metal album. Okay. Cause I want to, I want to see what he could do like with a metal album. <laughs> But no, it was just like, cause I was, I was listening to some Gambino yeah. today and it's like, oh yeah, he can do both. Oh yeah. And, and like, I'm not trying to compare the two because, you know, I'm sure. Well, there's room for both. There's room for both, but I'm also sure that like Gambino was heavily inspired by Kanye. Yeah. Um, like he's talked about it in his stand up comedy before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why. I, why I'm bringing up his singing because he's not really known for that. He's known for being a rapper. Mm. Um, I guess I'm just trying to get more time out of this thing. We don't have to. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. No, it's just like I don't know. Like it's it's one of those ones where it's like I really like it. I don't quite know why I like it. And I don't quite know how to vocalize that I, that I like this song. Like, it's just, I think I like it more than I, than the short film that he did for this. Do you want to get into that? Like, I'm I curious do. because like, I've been ruminating on it since we watched it this afternoon. Yeah. I still, I've got nothing. I don't know what it means. So he did a, it's basically, it's a short film. Which I don't know if it features the whole album because it only no, goes for no, like thirty. It's only bits and pieces. Yeah, so it features a few songs, and Runaway is one of the songs. Um, so it's a short film about question mark. Yeah, it's, it. I think a lot of it. This is like the other side of his creativity. Like, so like we see in the song how he can be like really great at his music, like a, a master musician and mm. like really creative in his lyrics. But then it comes to, it comes to doing a short film and 
it's a whole lot of what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. And his performance art does get very esoteric. Like you watch it though and it's it's stunning to look at. Yeah. Like it is absolutely gorgeous. And it's about he's he that starts off he's driving in a Lamborghini through a forest and he finds a phoenix and a phoenix the phoenix isn't a bird it's a woman who's kind of a bird because <laughs> phoenixes aren't real so yes <laughs> stands to reason but in mythology <laughs> in mythology phoenixes weren't women they were birds <laughs> true <laughs> look do i need to do i need to start pulling out some Harry Potter shit. I didn't no. didn't get that far, but like I am so over talking Harry Potter discourse. Like as soon as you turn like twenty four, like just shut up about Harry Potter. Who are you talking to about Harry Potter? Because you don't talk to me about Harry no, Potter. No, just I know a lot of adults who still oh, are very yeah. much like I'm Hufflepuff, and it's just oh. like fucking yeah. Those people, those people who say. Oh, I'm Hufflepuff or I'm Gryffindor. You can stay in 2021. Like <laughs> everyone else can like advance, but oh, you, I'm, I've got that, like that mentality of like, got to move on to the next round after watching Squid Game. True. Which, yeah. Look, I'll, I'll happily talk Squid Game on another, like to you and to other people. Yeah. That was great. Um, but yes, so he, he brings this Phoenix. Which is a which is a, a a woman with feathers stuck on her with feathers stuck on her <laughs> and feathers on her boobs and um and he like a little production note he wanted her to be fully naked throughout the whole thing and she refused and she refused which good on her but also like I get that art calls for nudity at times but for fuck's sake I, I would like- I would love to hear what his artistic reasoning was for that or i wanted to see a beautiful woman naked Mm. (laughs) i mean it does have it does have an inexplicable sex scene between him and the the phoenix and it's just a whole lot of weird shit hmm. sorry you go i was just gonna say for like the sake of kind of being weird shit like there's a lot of imagery of deers i think I think like female deers, are they hearts or are they fawns? Doe. Doe. It's a lot of imagery of that. Like she's hanging out in, in a garden, which look, I, the, the, like the Christian imagery in his music was not as prominent back then, but like, I also wouldn't be surprised if that's maybe the garden of Eden. Mm. And there's like a sheep there, which, you know, lamb. the lamb, yeah. the lamb of God. Um, and she's just like getting to know these animals. I think there's a rabbit. Yep. Um, and then it's like cuts to him doing the, I can't remember the name of that song, uh, which starts off like that. And it's like the, no one man should have all this power. Oh uh, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But it's like him doing that on a drum machine and like, she's just sitting there watching him and it's like. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> it like, it, it kind of makes me think, like, is that what a lot of, like, evenings were like with Kim Kardashian? Was she just sitting in a room with him, like, putting out, like, like stuff on drum machines going, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great, honey. <laughs> I mean, on the flip side, like, was she spending all her time just, like, contouring her face and yeah, then, like, 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 taking look, selfies? Looking, like, at, looking at, at herself in the fucking Which, like, again, like, camera. you do you, but, like, yeah, I feel like like attracts like in that sense. Yeah. Um, there's, like, there's a lot of interesting moments. Like, I guess, like, my best summary of it is, like, he finds a phoenix, takes her home, wants to keep her, like, yeah. as a partner whatever, um, sort of culminates in, like, he has a dinner with all his friends. They're very regal and, like, sort of royalty almost sitting at, like, a big banquet table. The racial roles are reversed for once, which is refreshing because it's white people being the servants for once. Um, Then he gets on the piano, plays Runaway. There's a ballet scene, which I don't understand. It's cool, though. Like, I do like the... 
the pairing of the ballerinas yeah. with and like and I think I needed that visual cue because the the end bit does go on in its entirety yeah. and it's got ballerinas doing the dances and so like seeing these women like doing like the full movements of their body like it's it does actually give me something something really artistic to look at yeah and then they serve a bird at the table which looks strangely like a phoenix yeah. or it has bad feathers. move bad move kanye and <laughs> so yeah uh phoenix lady gets upset screams and then there's like a bit where they're sort of sitting together and they have a conversation about like the mountains i think it is and she's mm. like yeah, Kanye's like, oh, I think, like, artists created them. And she interrupts. She's like, no, like, um, they're created, like, when phoenixes, like, something to do with, like, their feathers. I'm just going to well, look up she talks about She talks about if she explodes, then she's reborn. Yeah. Which I guess is also, like, if he's coming to terms with, even if he is having that moment of, like, yeah, all right, I did take something away from... Like, I'm not saying it's all about Taylor Swift, but if if it is even a moment of, like, I took something away from Taylor Swift and, hey, I'm feeling remorse for what I did because, I don't know, the the other side of my personality is, is telling me, hey, act like a human being for once and realise that that's a shitty thing you did, then it's like, well, this is my rebirth. Mm. But if that's the case, then it felt like he was forgiving himself while also not really apologising for it or mm. anything like that. Like, it was just basically like, okay, no, I'm okay with this, and then just moved on. So I found a passage from Forbes, of all places. Cool. Um, so written by Travis Bean. Good for him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Tiny black silhouettes of Kanye West and the Phoenix rest in the frame. Rolling clouds engulfed in a striking red hume... Re- Hume, Hugh, rapidly roar overhead, almost like the storm of the century is coming. Yet this is a quiet, somber moment, the moment, in fact, where Kanye West stops saying sorry, stops playing by the world's rules, and becomes the Kanye West we know today. All of the statues that we see, where do you think they came from? The Phoenix asks. West replies, I think that artists carved them years and years ago. No, the Phoenix interrupts. That's right. They are Phoenix turned to stone. Do you know what I hate most about your world? Anything that is different, you try to change. You try to tear it down. You rip the wings off the phoenix and they turn to stone. And if I don't burn, I will turn to stone. If I don't burn, I can't go back to my world. And so, like, and then from there, they have their... They copulate. <laughs> um, and then... I, I'm, I'm disappointed that we don't get, like, the monster baby that is born from that, oh. but... <laughs> That's upsetting. Um, and then the next morning, Phoenix runs away and explodes, assumedly. Yeah, she flies away. And, and, and Kanye runs through the forest looking, looking really fast in slow motion. Yeah. Um, set against he, he, the fucking sick song. I, look, I'll say like, he looks like he, he sprinted. Like, yeah. At one point in his life, like, he, he looks like he... He's he, got form. Yeah, he could probably catch a cheetah or a jaguar, one of them fast cats. Uh, you're forgetting the, the, probably the best scene, which is when they go to, like, the desert in at night and there's a parade happening. Oh, yeah. And the fireworks are going off and there's a Michael Jackson float, which yeah. was only probably, what, like a year removed from his death. Well, that would also tie in with the opening verse of All of the Lights, where he's like, MJ, gone, yeah. he's dead, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, well, yeah, All, All of the Lights is playing at yeah. that time. I know you know, but I'm telling yeah, that yeah, yeah. to the listener. And there's, like, uh, like parade musicians. And then, like, what we can only assume is KKK robes, <laughs> people in KKK yeah, robes, like yeah. red ones. Um, I don't know. It's again like I I feel like he knows his limitation is acting because he's not good at this. No, <laughs> uh, and it's it's no wonder that he's not really appeared in much. Yeah, he was in Anchorman too, very briefly. That's right. He's in the fight scene. Um, look, it could be so incredibly deep and so incredibly 
poetic and artistic and we're just missing it. It's what, like, I don't know, like, I've sort of been thinking about it, like, in terms of the phoenix, like, he's trying to keep her captive. So, like, he's trying to sort of capture an essence of being reborn or being Mm. able to reinvent himself. But then she pushes back, sort of suggesting that the natural order of things is that you have to sometimes just accept things as they are and, like... And it doesn't come across as, well, I don't want you to go because I love you. It comes across as, you can't go because you're my possession. Yeah. As well. You're exotic and I want to keep you here. Yeah. 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 The most exotic of birds. Um, Like, it's, yeah, I do want to, and I probably should have ahead of this episode, like, I do want to read a few, like, theses on it because, like, like I said, there's so much symbolism there and, like, even just the way that he highlights, like, race and the way he highlights just... Well, I guess, like, even things like the male gaze and, like, ceremony and, like, there's just so many different things there. Mm. It's just it doesn't quite knit together. Um, Yeah. Look, I'm sure that there are a thousand and one university papers that have been written on this. Yeah, why not? Um, I don't know what for what subject, like, music... In pop culture or something? I don't know. I think, um, yeah. Well, I guess a good example is, like, I did want to go back to the end of the song with the vocoder bit, because, I like, it is very lengthy, but, like, looking at Genius, um, so Thomas Connor, who writes for the Chicago Sun-Times, interprets it as... So he writes, the last four minutes find him humming and singing, but his voice is auto-tuned and distorted beyond perceptibility. What's he saying or singing? Can't really make it out, can't really understand him. Which, no doubt, is how he feels his clumsy public statements are often received. Like, because he's basically just, like, repeating the same sort of, like, chorus of the song, Mm. that kind of thing. But, yeah, it is very distorted. Like, again, it's sort of lines up with that thing of where he's not quite sure if he's sorry or not. Or, yeah. like, yeah, it's just really interesting. It's sort of weird because, like, the more we talk about it, the more I like it. But then, like, again, like, I liked the short film for the substance of it because it was beautiful to look at. Yeah. And, like, but, like, I didn't quite get the story. No. Like, what was being told there. Um, also you need to remember that he's trying to promote an album. So like, you got to get the songs in there somehow. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, again, like I'm at that crossroads, like don't really have much to say about this. It's just, it's a fantastic song and like, you know, understandable why it's like one of his standout songs. I think it's also a good example of just where he does fall short at times. Because, like, like we've established, like, his artistry as a musician is brilliant. But it's when he goes for those broader spectacles, like, it just doesn't quite yeah. land possibly the way he planned or, like, maybe he thinks it does but it just isn't received the way he wants it to. Like, you think about what he's done for Donda. Like, he set himself up in, like, the Atlanta, like, a sports stadium or something. And he... I think he's, like, built a house in the stadium as like a performance piece. And so like he did a performance there and so it's like, okay, that's cool. Like it's sort of like recreating like his childhood home. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but like it, yeah. Recreating like a state where like his mum was still alive and like, that's very touching. And But then like he fucking brings Marilyn Manson out and they just stand on the porch and just kind of vibe out. It's just like, this is recently as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, literally a couple of weeks ago. It's just like, are you fucking kidding Come me? Come on, dude. Come like, on, dude. Yeah, it just... It'd just be... Like, I'm looking at... Watching the short film as well, and it was like... How did he go from being, like... He was, like, really cool. He was a really cool mm. person. How did you go from being so cool to being a fucking dork? Like... And I don't mean that in the sense of, like, because I know that he likes his anime as well. He said that Akira is the greatest anime film of all time. But, like, 
again, like the MAGA shit was just Plus, like, like how do you go from George Bush doesn't care about black people to oh yeah, slavery was a choice. Slavery was a choice. Uh, what was her name? Harriet Tubman didn't help to free yeah. the slaves. Um, like, especially Donald since- Trump does care about black people. What what proof do you have? And he can't answer. Yeah. Like, like, especially given so much of his music has dealt with race relations and slavery and, like, growing up black and, like, having to overcome the obstacles. And, like, it's just, mm. it blows my mind that he is the way he is. But then again, it's like, he's also stated that he's not well mentally. No. And you wonder to what extent his management, his which was close his mu- one, Which was his mum. Yeah. Like, you wonder if people are looking after him the way they should or if they're just letting it go because it's revenue, it's exposure. Look, I'm not going to put blame on her, but I also can't imagine being married to Kim Kardashian was helping. He probably probably needed to, I don't know, get help and not be in the public eye for a while and that woman's not going to be out of the public eye. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... Like, it's going to be interesting in, like, however many years down the track when either he recovers or he doesn't, mm. which, God forbid, like, I hope it's the former, like, and just to sort of, it's going to be interesting to see what the behind the scenes was like at the time. Because mm. he's, like, he's compared himself to, like, the likes of Kurt Cobain and that, and it's just, like... Which is which is tr- worrying as yeah. well. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, like, you just, I really hope that people are looking after him because, like... He has said and done some really shit things. Yeah. And it's an explanation, it's not an excuse. Yeah. Like, his mental illness. But, like, just given that he did sort of get big on a foundation of being quite progressive and, yeah. like, on the right side of history, it just it strikes me as very weird that he's not anymore. Yeah. And it is. Like, I... Like I said to you, I said, like, that's today, like... The loss of his mum just was probably the yeah. thing for all of it, just to, like, bring it all down. And, like, the loss of his mum and then, like, he wasn't, like, I think he was always raised Christian, but, like, it's like the thing of, like, when he was running for president mm. and he was going to be like, oh, he was real, like, anti-abortion. Yeah, like, it was, um... Did he say that, like, like women who get abortions are going to get, like, the death penalty or something was one of his things or Ooh, I think it was hang on. And I and I know that like Elon Musk was like, I support Kanye West for president. Someone was like, you know that he's like violently against abortions, right? He's like, oh well Oops. <laughs> maybe I didn't read his policies then. It was like, yeah, you're only doing that because it sounds cool, Elon, yeah. you, f- you fucking nerd. I just want bear what's the um And like he's he's doing his he's doing his like rally or whatever in a bulletproof vest with 2020 shaved into his head. He starts talking about how like him and Kim Kardashian considered getting an abortion with their firstborn and he starts bawling on stage. It's like, this is just embarrassing. Like, where is the person? You're right. Where is the person to say, hey, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Get help. Yeah. It's us. Kanye. I know you're not listening, but hey, putting it out there, get help. Yeah. We want you to be better. It's, yeah. Um, where it's is Two it? weeks in a row I'm getting animated. I can't, yeah, consistent life ethic. So, the consistent life ethic or the consistent ethic of life is an ideology that opposes abortion, capital punishment, assisted suicide and euthanasia. Um, adherents oppose war or at the very least unjust war. Some adherents go as far as full pacifism and so oppose all war. So it's like a Catholic sort of subsect. Yeah, it's it's the it's everything bad about the Catholic Church. <laughs> well really. not everything, but Well, yeah, not everything. Some pretty fucking awful stuff. Yeah, not everything, but like it's a lot of the bad stuff about mm. the Catholic Church. Let's talk about Silverstein. Yes. Picture of my dick. I don't know what it is with females, but I'm 
Silverstein. They formed in 2000 and they hail from Ontario, Canada. The band name is a reference to author Shel Silverstein. Who I learned is not a woman. Oh! I always thought Shel Silverstein was a woman. Yeah, I... Yeah, just the name. Yeah. Well, I thought, yeah, I thought it was Shelley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, bassist Billy Hamilton was a fan of the band before he was part of the band. Uh, and you learned of the band's need for a bassist on the message board, the 905 board. Uh, yeah, I tried looking into the 905 board. Uh, if I type just the 905, mm-hmm. the top result is the 905 Lounge, a strip club in Ontario. <laughs> Sick. Uh, the 905 board is now a subreddit. It's last posting taking place about six months ago with someone trying to kickstart the subs activity again. By putting up a video of their band. Uh-huh. The band being a group called The Resonance. Do so, we know who they are? No, I don't. Okay. Maybe maybe a uh, new friend of the pod, Sam Sutherland, knows. <laughs> I doubt that he's listening to this, but... Uh, I assume 905 is something to do with like an area code. It's the area code yeah, of on- Ontario. Yeah. yeah. So, Ontario. Um, so, Sam, do you know The Resonance? Have you been on the 905 <laughs> board or have you been to the 905 lounge? Yeah. Yeah. What a, no what a judgment. What are damn Canadian strip clubs like? Yeah. <laughs> and the band's most recent activities include releasing an album titled A Beautiful Place to Drown in 2020, which included the single for the song, which included the single Madness, uh, which featured American rapper Princess Nokia. Cool. That's a cool name. Like, I. You could throw them and they won't break. Is it Nokia or Nokia? I always said Nokia, yeah. but I'm a, I'm a cretin, so. Well, if it's Japanese, it would be Nokia. But I think they're Finnish, Nokia. Ooh, okay. The, yeah, they're Scando, I think. Well, shit. Um, yeah, I listened to it before. It's kind of like, I don't know, a bit butt rocky now, but yeah. What? The song. Oh, I thought you meant this song. No, no, no. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I've had to listen to this a few times to prepare for this episode. So we don't have much else to say about Silverstein, which... They yeah. they were a band that... Or they are a band that have done a lot, but not much of note, really. Like, looking through their history... Again, they're one of those ones where, like, I was aware of them, but I didn't. And you, you had them confused with the deathcore band Suicide Silence yeah, as well. Yeah, which, not at all the same. You're like, is that the one where the, where the member died? I was like, no. Mitch Lucker, wasn't it? From or? Suicide yeah. Silence, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I knew like one Silverstein song, but then like it wasn't the one Silverstein song that you showed me. Yeah, Giving Up. I was given a sampler DVD of Victory Records, like, best of 2003. Yeah. Um, so it had all, like, film clips from their roster of bands and their song Giving Up was on there. And the band that I was in in high school was like, hey, that's cool, let's play it. And so we played it oh. for our music rehearsal night. Sweet. Um, the 
the DVD also had like bands like Spittlefield oh, yeah. and Darkest Hour. And the, like, I think the main event, I think the one that they were like, this is the band that we're most proud of was Atreyu. And yep. it was their song, Lip Gloss and Black. And I was like, cool. I became a embarrassingly big fan of Atreyu at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Those sampler CDs. So good. That's how I got into Paramore. Yeah. Was a Field by Ramen um, sampler. But... Now it's just playlists. I, I know. Guess. Do There's like, no charm to it. I hate it. Do do record labels put out just playlists of like, hey, here's like our best stuff from 2020 and I 2021. I imagine so. And yeah. it sucks. Yeah. I used to love that. Like, that's when I bought Panic at the Discos, a fever you can't sweat out. They're like, oh yeah, and here's a free sampler. I was like, ooh, don't mind if I do. I guess that's the thing though is like, we can get everything now. It's like, it's the same thing with like demo discs for video games. Yeah. Um, like, it was, the idea is like, hey, here's this free thing, you get five minutes of the game, see if you like it, then go out and buy it. Yeah. So there's a Victory Records playlist. Yep. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's an actual account or anything. Ah. Um, so, yeah, 41 songs, two hours and 20 minutes. Well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, they're a very, or they were a very, I think I was wanting to just show you giving up because it's like, this is what they were yeah. like. And it was like, they've listed bands as like Metallica and Slayer, but then also like no effects yeah. as like big influences for them. And it was like, all right, I just want to show you what they were like and then show you what they sort of became, I guess. Yeah. I don't hate what they became. No, like this is, I... I do like this version. Um, I think that they do, like, it feels like they were fans at the time. Yeah. I'm trying to think when Punko's Pop 4 came out. While you're looking that up, like, I've got a quote from Billy Hamilton himself that he shared in a Reddit AMA about the song. Um, so, to quote Billy... I think we all thought the Punk Goes Pop series was a little played out, <laughs> especially after the whole Every Band in the USA parody. YouTube this if you haven't seen it, which I haven't. So, uh, about bands and our scene getting famous from covering a pop song like Miley Cyrus, etc. I really liked that Kanye West record and really felt like some of his softer songs seemed so, quote, emo to me. Like he was totally sitting in his apartment alone and upset and wrote a song with a computer instead of an acoustic guitar. That was a piano, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was like a full studio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fearless Records wanted us to cut down the Kanye cover to like a three-minute radio edit, and we basically said, capital letters, fuck that. It ruined the true art of the song. We put a lot of time and effort into covering the full nine minutes, and we didn't want to compromise that. They're Canadians. So it would have been sorry, but, f yeah. but fuck that. Yeah. Um. So, look, props to them for sort of thumbing their nose at um, Fearless. But also, like, way to bite the hand that feeds. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. Like, they were... They, they could have just said no thanks. They... Yeah, they didn't really need it. Like, no. They've had a... They've had a fine enough career. That's the thing is, like... If you're a starter band, then... Yeah. You probably would be like, okay, yes, sorry, but like... Because this was 2011... So at yeah. that point, they'd, they'd already been out for 10 years. This wasn't going to make them, like, this wasn't going to go make them bigger or anything like that. So I think it's, I do like that they, and we know how much that, you know, bands get paid. Yes. And between five people, it's, you know, not that much. Um, so I do like that it's, that they were, they stuck to their guns. Like, hell no, like, let's... Let's do the, like, well, eight minutes and 44 seconds it, yeah. it comes down to. Um, yeah, I, I I really respect that. And it, and it feels like they're giving the song the respect that it deserves as well. Like, yeah. the proper treatment. Like, a three-minute version of this? No. They're, it feels like Fearless sort of just wants that, that big chorus moment. Well, that's the thing. It's like, ultimately, this is all just a big marketing exercise for Fearless. Yeah. Like... They're going to be looking at it from, like, a branding and, like, sellability perspective of, like, is someone going to listen to something that has just a guitar strumming, like, dun, mm. dun, for, like, however many seconds or minutes before they 
like, get stuck into it. Yeah. It makes sense that the two would clash. Um, but I yeah, mean, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, like, a lot of, a lot of the choices that Fearless have made on their compilation albums uh, have clashed, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Punk Goes in 2021 does not look like Punk Goes in 2000. Yeah, yeah. Like, Which we've talked about. Yeah, not even slightly. So it's like, I don't know, I, I think it's... And I think it's, like, you sort of talked about um, Kanye's lyrics and how they're sort of, not depressing, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I think, like, listening to the lyrics to... Silverstein's song giving up it's like it's so woe is me yeah and it's like they kind of it's kind of the right band covering the right song yeah and also like I fully agree that this is sort of Kanye being emo like this song has the same ethos as a lot of like pop punk does in terms of like well even just the chorus like let's have a toast for all the douchebags the asshole scumbags like yeah. I can totally picture that at like an all time low concert or something yeah. like fucking hardcore kids with their vans and like beer and just like, yeah, like it would, it would, ah, oh, you could design this shit. It would, it would be like Kanye West in like the Parkway Drive font. Mm. And then on the back, it would have like, you know, how like all the hardcore shirts had yeah. the writing on the back. And so it would be like a toast with the douchebags, the scumbags, the assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, book it. That's the thing, like, it, it works very well covered in their style. Yeah. I think the only thing that really shits me about this song, and I get that it's a stylistic choice, is they rewrite Pusha's verse. And so they got Cam Hunter from Down With Webster to come in and do the verse that Pusha usually does. Yeah. And it's just so cringe, because, like, mm. 2011... I'm just going to do, like, a fucking um, reading of it, unless you want to do a dramatic reading of it. I mean, I'm always happy to, to like, overact. All right. There you go. It's not going to, it's not going to say anything. Oh, wait. No, probably not. Okay. 24-7. 365 groupies. Stay on their grind. I, I, I. Get it. All right. I'll help you get it. But now that you're here, either leave or get with it. I'm not a chauvinist. This is just reality. You can't afford guilt on a rock band salary. Mickey full of vodka. You're looking like Mallory. Fuck counting money. You should stick to counting calories. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you this thing here is wearing thin. Unless you've got a couple friends that want sharing in. Yesterday you were outside staring in. And now you're here. And next week you'll be here for them. Every tour bus visit, every laminate. Laminate or laminate? Yeah, laminate. Yeah. Comes with expectations from that band you're with. This is everyday business, so manage it. Or run away now if your ass can't handle it. So, like, I get that they've rewritten it to fit the vibe of being, like, a band touring the Midwest for Warped or, like... Yeah, yeah, like a scene band. But also, it's just so embarrassing. Yeah, like, yeah. who the fuck talks about groupies in 2011? And, like... Uh, I mean, probably a lot of those bands still. But that's the thing, is, like, this ties in with my rant from last week of, like, it just, it highlights the worst parts of the scene. Mm. Like... Like, this is still, like, you have a band... Like Memphis Mayfire and Fuckface Maddie Mullins. Sorry, Maddie. Fuckface? But you're kind of a fuckface, like talking about like, oh, the groupies who try to have sex with me, but they they don't respect that I'm married. Like, they were still talking, like, that was like 2013. So, like, bands were still talking about groupies. Come on. But, like, that doesn't. That doesn't excuse it. That doesn't make it necessary. But, well, they but were like, still even like, so what? 20 year old me listening to this, even 20 year old me would have been like, that's cringe. Yeah. Like, it's just that very sort of childish mentality. Like, I'm not a chauvinist. This is just reality. Like, fuck off. It's about as clever as any any lyric written by Ronnie Radke. Yeah. And that, like, this is where I agree with Fearless in the sense that they could have trimmed this down to even, like, a four to five minute song where they use this verse. Like, they could even, like... 
extend the bridge and just do like some sick guitar work or like something. Yeah, look, I respect them for um sticking with their vision. And doing something their own as yeah, well, but that yeah. doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. That doesn't mean it works. But that's exactly like props for effort. Like and I do appreciate that they set out to do a full cover that stays very true to the original and they did it and they've executed it well. It's just that it comes off as a bit cringe. Yeah. In that bit. But in saying that, the rest of it like it's an obvious choice, like change out the piano for like twanging on a guitar, but like it works. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the the guitar intro is fantastic. And then like the vocoder bit at the end, like it makes sense to turn that into like a sort of chugging bit. Yeah. With like the vocoder esque vocals over yeah. the top. But again, like they could have trimmed that bit and sort of really used it to sort of shine through in terms of their talent mm. as opposed to just doing a rote second for second cover. With your own shit. Yeah. I have um the lyrics to the Falling in Reverse song alone. Um, some of it's great. Whitey boy on the beat, rocking Gucci sneaks. All I do is win, Charlie Sheen. Started out in 06 and revived the scene. So many motherfuckers want to be like me. Oh, my God. I wanna, I'm going to sing it like if it was like the Sugar Hill Gang yeah, saying it. Came from the lowest of lows, rose to the top with a vision. My haters talking shit while washing dishes for a living. Fuck you, bitches. I'm a business. <laughs> I'll be kissing on your missus. What you spend in 15 months is what I spend in 15 minutes. Oh, my God. And this is the thing. is like this is sort of interesting that this choice was put on pop instead of crunk. I think um, the other one was pop as well, which is sort of like, I guess it's kind of is indicative of like his music is maybe more pop leaning than rap. Yeah. But like, this is that sort of perfect example of when, if you stick too closely to a genre that isn't yours to fuck with, it gets embarrassing. Like him talking about like, see, I could have me a good girl and still be addicted to them hood rats. It's just like, mm." Mm. like that's cringe even when Kanye says it, but Mm. like that very much just, it comes across as like, you don't understand what you're doing to you, mate. I don't understand uh, what Ronnie's doing here when he says, I got a lot of people talking nothing but chatter. Why'd you switch your style up? Ain't that I don't matter and that I don't matter. Man, I've been in rap since I was shitting in Pampers. Oh my God. Man, I've been in rap since I was shitting in Pampers. <laughs> Yes, yes, Ronnie, you are, you are lyricist of the century. (laughs) Is it any surprise that when he gets to choose a song, it's fucking Gangster's Paradise? Oh, and it's, yeah. By Coolio and the gang. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) But this is like, this is, yeah. yeah, this is a very watered down version of that because like, again, if I could sort of have like my dream cut of this song i'd get rid of the really cringe like push a t verse that isn't push a t i guess if you're not gonna sorry you go you go you go thank you, go. you. yes sorry um i realized what i was doing <laughs> i would sort of cull the end vocoder bit even in half or like two thirds and just sort of stitch it back together and just have a bit more like something dynamic happening with, like, the guitars or, like, a drum fill or, like, something. Yeah. And that would ring true to me as a Silverstein song that resonates with pop-punk slash hardcore slash emo kids in terms of, like, the arm-in-arm with your brothers kind of thing. Yeah. I will say, uh, what's one criticism we always have when we have to do one of these bands covering a rap song? is that they're singing about someone else's lived experience. Yeah, yeah. So in saying that, they probably should have just cut the whole thing. Like what you're... I mean, I'm 100% agreeing with you is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. that they should have just cut the whole... If they're not going to sing the Pusha T line, which yeah. we would then have the complaint of, well, he's singing about someone else's experience and that's not his own. 
Um, it's a tricky one because I guess we've essentially backed them into the corner where they can't win, but like it just it comes across yeah, as so really true. embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I said, like, I applaud them for, for bringing something that's their own, for, like, doing their own take on something, but it doesn't mean it landed. Yeah. In our opinion. No. I'm just looking up Cameron Hunter just to see. Okay, so I guess, like, down with Webster, oh, <laughs> Canadian rap rock band from the Beaches area of Toronto. <laughs> so, like, I guess they've got cred in that sense, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I still, I still think this would do well without, even just like, had they had more of a budget, I would have been like, okay, humor me and just do a cut without it. Yeah. Just to see. Uh, they were probably really proud of that though. So this is true. Good on, good on them, I guess. Um, good on us for doing an hour without needing any other covers as well yeah i was sick so down with webster opened for timberland on two dates in february 2010 on the shock value 2 tour so like apparently timberland was interested in signing them to his label the mostly music group what what, what's the other thing that they do if they're mostly music oh m-o-s-l-e-y Mosley, Mosley. According to Timberland, quote, that group is the most amazing and creative, innovative group that's going to come out in 2010. However, the band had already decided to go with Universal Motown. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Sutherland had crossed paths with these guys because he works for Universal, not for Motown, but... And he's from Toronto. Yeah. From T-Town. (laughs) T-Town. So, like, I guess, yeah, I stand corrected in that they obviously have, like, some sort of, uh, what's the word? Credibility? Yeah. Like, they've got some sort of, yeah. Look, it, it's it's a million times better than if the singer would have just done this. True. It's it's a billion times better than if he had have decided to scream that verse. That's, oh my god, yeah. Like, that's... Yeah, because I listened to their first, I listened to Silverstein's first album the other day and like going back down memory lane and, and yeah, like it is kind of heavy, a lot of screaming, like mm-hmm. it is, you know, they were a screamo band at one point. Um, so like, who knows what this would have sounded like if they had put it out in 2003 as opposed to 2011 as well. Yeah, true. So. But. but- that's probably where we're at with this. I think so. Hell yeah, yeah, nah. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna give it a hell yeah for both. I do like, you know, the first, the original is a great song. You can probably just do it without the uh, 34 minute short film. I it's, will say, like, it's an interesting exercise just to see it. But yeah, I will definitely be reading up on some explainers. Yeah, because I feel quite dumb trying to pass it. Yeah, and look, I think it is just an interesting, which I guess is probably 100% of his music is about him. Um, yeah. Which... That makes sense. If you're a songwriter, you write about what you know. Yeah, if you're, like, if you're not the person who writes songs, then, yeah. But if you are, then, yeah, you write about what you know. And if you, and if his favourite subject is himself, then more power to him. Yeah. And the movie Akira. Um, sure. And look, I still give the cover a hell yeah. Oh, it's fucking sick. It's just, it's cringe, but I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they do such a good job with it. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's a hell yeah from you on both ends as well. It is. Well, until next time, this has been Runaway.